1981, there was a murder so shocking that it changed the entertainment world forever, yet the killer was never brought to justice. Now, almost 40 years later, we're reopening the case, reviewing old leads as well as new evidence, to try and make sense of a killing which gave rise to a massacre. The who, what, why, and how of when video killed the radio star. Welcome to the Radio Star Murders. Everybody, welcome back to the Radio Star Murders. We are breaking down music videos and trying to figure out if video killed the radio star. My name is Wes Diesel. I'm joined by Clay McCormick. Clay, tell us what we're going to be doing this week where we are on our second video from 1999. That's the theme we're talking about. All these, uh, the probably four or so videos we're going to be talking about in this little cluster are from 1999, otherwise known as the year that music uh, was born and then died. And so, Clay, tell us what song you've chosen for this week. Well, it's it's a slight cheat, but I think it still counts. It's uh, "Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears, which um, officially was the song was released in 1998, but uh, it was end at the top of the list. End of 98, yeah. It's the yeah, end it of was, 1998. Yeah, it was at the top of the list of the 1999 videos, so it counts as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned. I think the um, album came out in 1999. The single came out as in 98. Yeah, sure. There. Yeah, sounds yeah. good to me. So we'll, we'll go with the album as the rule of uh, thumb. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, I would say it was the, the 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 spark that set off the powder keg of the second wave of um, '90s uh, uh, boy band type music. Because I, when I was looking for stuff for this, I actually was uh, uh, looking at the Spice Girls. Because I assumed the Spice Girls was the same era as this, but the Spice Girls were basically done by like 1997, mm -hmm. which I found shocking because I assumed all this stuff happened at the same time. Yes, um, and it felt, it felt like they never left. Really, honestly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, this this is the song that 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 birthed uh, Christina Aguilera and yep. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, I think anyway. I see I, this song as the herald stuff. of that new era. Even stuff yeah. that is not related, like Eminem. I remember them distinctly coming out at the same time. These like yeah. these they did come out at the same time, but they they are. This is the video that. I remember seeing and thinking about, and now when I think back on it, I remember thinking that something, I wasn't aware that something different was happening, but I remember this song being the start of a big chain of change in the music uh, industry. Yeah, it, it's like the, it, it, it basically signaled the height of MTV's power, because yeah, yeah. this was the era where I was actually talking with our, our friend Meredith yesterday, who uh, was, uh, I mentioned in the last episode, is, is uh, uh, um very uh, well versed in the music of 1999 yes an archaeologist uh, of 1999 yes, music yeah. yeah she she and, and laura are, are thinking about starting a podcast that's entirely about the the album pure moods which i think would be a great idea what is pure um, moods you don't remember pure, oh you got to remember pure moods it uh it featured um uh the all the enigma songs and uh return to innocence and it was this album that came out in the 90s that they advertised on tv all the time 
and it was just oh, so the it's weirdest. not a band. It's just like a no, compilation? no. It's just a compilation that that featured like the weirdest mishmash of songs. It had the, um, you know, that song is like hey yeah 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 why yeah. You don't know that one? It was like it was like new age music that had uh, uh, some lyrics to it, but it also okay. had uh, the theme from the X Files and oh, tubular Jesus. bells from the Exorcist. And uh, 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 Crockett's theme from from Miami Vice. It was a really weird mishmash. <laughs> Is um, this just like a, a, a wham or wow best of the '90s type thing? Yeah, that came but out? it's like that's what I call music that sounds like a scented candle, basically. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so look, keep keep your ears open for the Pure Moods podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we were both we uh, Meredith and I were both saying how. Um, this was the era where, as far as we went, at, at the age that we were at, we really cared about what was on MTV. Like, I remember being way too overly invested in what the top song on TRL was, which mm-hmm. I don't know why that was. But, uh, but yeah, this this is sort of the kickoff for that whole era of, uh, you know, basically the, uh, the, the supernova of music video before it's turned into a black hole, essentially. Yeah, yeah, before TRL just started not playing the entire song and would just sort of do the list yeah. in 15 Ugh. minutes. Yeah. 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 But uh, yes, if you want to know what happens in this video, if you're listening to this on, on the podcast, we have uh, <clears throat> Britney Spears sits in school longing for the final bell of the day at what I can only assume is a grossly underfunded school because once that bell rings, any control the teachers have over the students goes right out the window. The students run amok, practicing dance moves in the hallway, changing clothes in full view of everyone, and showing a general disdain for the teachers that work so hard to prepare them for the world for so little in return. Mm-hmm. The chaos continues outside, where the kids mill around in more athletically appropriate attire, waiting for a bus to their basketball game, which will never come thanks to the budget cuts by the state that have made bus travel an expendable luxury. <laughs> Making it to the basketball game, we see the results of an underfunded athletics program as they try to compete in the game with dance moves since the basketball coach, I assume, had to quit in order to take a second job because it's too expensive to live where they do on just a teacher's salary. Despite being objectively terrible at, or at least, at the very least, uneducated at the basic rules of basketball and how the game is played, the one teacher who does stick around, despite being grossly underpaid, celebrates. She's there for the kids and is happy to see them trying, even if they fail, because she cares. And also because she's about three cans of wine deep at this point. Pay <laughs> teachers more. <laughs> it's all you can ask for out of a uh, out of a video and a song is some uncaring or caring teachers with uncaring kids wearing yes. uh, bare, bare midriffs, I think, is pretty much what this is. You know, um, song is fine, I think. Um... I was, I was looking at the list. This is like a, this made a bunch of lists as like one of the top pop singles from like 1960 onward or something. It was like number mm-hmm. 25 on that list. Mm-hmm. I don't think I disagree. I don't think this is a bad song or anything. I think it's it's pretty much a, it's very much of the era, I guess. Like it's, it's sort of an unsubtle pop song, I guess, which is, yeah. And this will go into my big point about this. Like, I think that the the video here is really fascinating. And watching this, I haven't seen this video in forever. Mm-hmm. Watching this now, as opposed to whenever I was sixteen or something when this came out and watched it, um, I have a like a totally different opinion about the 
like uproar about the content of this song and video than I did mm-hmm. when I was watching it. It's really strange. Britney Spears, like, do you remember this when this song came out? They were trying to say that this song was not about sex. Yeah. Do you remember that? Well, I do know that when it when it first came out, they actually shortened the title because they thought that it uh, implied domestic violence. <laughs> I'm 100 percent serious. the 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 album it's on the album it's it's dot 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 baby one more time. They made yes. them take hit me off because they thought it it implied domestic violence. I re- I remember them talking about how this like the Spears camp was trying to say that this song was not about sex for some for for some reason and. I oh, that was all- yeah. That ran rampant among these songs. Like I, the I was I was really on the fence between this one and uh, "Genie in a Bottle." Yeah. And uh, whereas this one, I feel like there's enough gray area where you could, re- you know, reasonably make the argument that it's not about sex. "Genie in the Bottle" is like, come on, you know, <laughs> you know, like they kind of they kind of trade off lyric versus visual. Yeah. Um, because this one. The lyric isn't as sexual, but the 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 visual is is I, I feel like an old man saying it's risque, but I mean there you're you're invoking a, a fairly specific image when you've got a sixteen bunch of sixteen year old girls in, in short Catholic girl uniforms with their shirts tied up. Yeah, know? yeah. Like um, I, I, I I just didn't think that when I when this came out, I thought that the like claims of sexualization or like hypersexualization were were overblown and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's inappropriate to do, but it's a, it's a, because Spears's career was so cultivated, like, like her whole creation is sort of like this artificial uh, record label thing. The song is written by that Max, what's his name? Max Martin. Max Martin. Guy yes. Who wrote pretty much everything. Um, we could do, we could do, we might even want to do this, a series of this, this show, which is just Max Martin songs. Because uh, uh, just to go down a quick list of his Billboard Hot Number One singles, this is just number ones. He's got "Baby One More Time," "It's Gonna Be Me," "I Kissed a Girl," uh, uh, "California Girls" by Katy Perry, "Teenage Dream." Uh, he did a lot of Car- Katy Perry stuff. "E.T.," "Last Friday Night," um, and he—I mean—that's just "Shake It Off." Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot. He's got. He's got tons and tons of stuff. Like he wrote basically every song that was popular between 1999 and like 2005. Yeah, it's really, it's really strange. I think that the, the t- the takeaway for me was that Spears is interesting because Spears is Spears is so, such a, a strange like this sounds harsh, but she's a strange looking performer. Like she, she's not what I would say is like a traditionally sexy performer. Performer, mm-hmm. like I think Christina Aguilera would be described, or Madonna or something. Sure. She looks young. She looked like her her yeah. face and her whole thing is definitely the youngest looking out of a lot of these singers that you see like this, and that's what makes it so strange to me is that her. Her youthful appearance, coupled with the sexuality of the song, and then the lyrics, which I would disagree with you. Like, I think this, this, there's like no way to describe what this song is talking about. Which is basically, her boyfriend left her, and she's offering up uh, some, you know, sex to get him back with her. <laughs> and it, it's just such a like, not to be the old prude, but it, like, I can see why this was sort of a strange combination at the time. Why they were saying that like maybe it's not appropriate for. 16 year old girls to be seeing this at this point it's it was a strange a strange uh change in my opinion i guess yeah um 
I think also she was so immediately uh, uh, claimed by everyone once this came out that I think that really uh, added to the uproar about everything. Like, as soon as this hit, you had people claiming she was uh, uh, too too sexualized, but then you're having other people saying she wasn't sexual enough. Like she was, uh, she was immediately being pulled in like 14 different directions mm-hmm. in a way that um, I don't remember the Spice Girls doing because I feel like they were a little bit older, so they had a little bit more agency over what was happening. Yeah, um, well, wasn't like Ginger Spice like 45 years old? <laughs> Spice Girls came out. Like it, it was. A, they also they just looked older. If that yeah, wasn't the yeah. case, like they looked appropriately aged to be singing songs about that stuff. You could you could almost argue that the. Uh, you got to be with my friends is more of like a Britney Spears 16 year old angle. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like you could they could flip uh, flip flop songs. It would make more sense. Yeah, um, and also because she was she was a solo artist and she wasn't part of a group. I think there was that much more heightened focus on her and what she was doing. And you know, I, I, Meredith and I were talking yesterday about the Rolling Stone cover that she did, where because of like the angle, everyone thought that she got breast implants. <laughs> and so then that became a thing that people were pissed off about and had no idea about the truth. You know, it was, yeah. it, it was, it was, she became the focal point for all of this stuff um, to the point where like you had your Christina Aguilera's and, and your Jessica Simpson's and they, they really had to, to uh, uh, I, I, I feel like remembering they really had to, I should say, I remember feeling like they really had to, um, push push the boundaries in order to try and get some of that spotlight you know like mm. it's it's really strange too because i wouldn't say by far she's the most talented i mean she she might be the best dancer but she, she doesn't have the best voice you know no. christina had the best voice uh jessica simpson i guess was just attractive i don't really know why people liked her and um, <laughs> she was the most classically attractive out of yeah out of all of them yeah uh she definitely could not dance i can tell you that much <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I think she, Brittany, like has a serviceable voice, I guess, and is a decent dancer and is just cute enough that like the Venn diagram just exploded basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, she, she came about at such a a strange time. Like, I, I think she definitely, she's definitely marketed towards tween girls. Or yeah. like young girls as the uh, the focal point of the audience. I don't remember what adults or older people thought of this song at the time. Mm-hmm. You probably would think it was fine if you didn't see the video, or like if you heard this on the radio. I think everyone would kind of get behind it or uh, understand like that it's a pretty it's a fairly decent song. But she she was really the uh, the focal point of like a lot of what seems like startlingly late social conservatism uh, in response mm-hmm. to this stuff. Like this was 1999. And it's still the response to her coming out feels so dated. Like I don't think there's any of the uh, female singers that come out now that face this kind of uh, scrutiny about her, like sexuality mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's but almost also, like go, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's it's what's interesting is is what happened to her organically as far as how people reacted to to her and her sexuality and all that kind of stuff is now something that is just part of the. It's like part of the uh, uh, of the outline you know even if people don't give a shit mm. like uh, I feel like the the other end of the spectrum as far as this sort of pop star goes is Miley Cyrus where it's like she basically had the same kind of thing where she started on the Disney Channel 
or whatever, and she had this, you know, sort of uh, young, young crowd, and then she got older, and then at a certain point, it was like, okay, now we have to turn you into into uh, make you sexy, and. Right. Instead of instead of just doing it organically, she just did like everything at the same time and turned into whatever happened to her <laughs> in the middle part of her career that people thought was weird. Yeah. Um, but it, it felt with her, it felt very, very produced. Like it felt like it was an it was a design decision versus I mean, maybe they were just more subtle with it with Britney Spears, but it all, always seemed like that sort of change with her or or, or uh, evolution was a little bit more uh, organic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to think about it. Like, I don't think about Britney Spears anymore. Uh, it seems very flash in the pan, even though she was like a tremendously big star for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, I think the song is fine. Like, I wouldn't turn the song off if it came on on some radio that I was listening to. But I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't necessarily say seek it out. It's fairly simplistic. It's a very uh, '90s pop sort of like boombastic type thing the lyrics are kind of funny or more the lyrics are intriguing if not actually outright good and like, yeah, I th- so let me put it into perspective yeah uh this came out in 99 britney spears's song toxic which i unless i'm forgetting one feels like it was probably the last big hit that she had yep i'd agree with was that. was 2003 okay so she was basically done in in five years yeah surprising right well yeah that that's actually we'll, we'll get to this i think potentially at some point but like it's 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 surprising that you think that you get to eminem has been around for 20 years which seems mm-hmm. actually more crazy to me than britney spears that was only around for five years yeah well he did have a big like 15 year gap <laughs> where he yeah, didn't really yeah, do anything. i i suppose i suppose like yeah he's certainly not the height that he was but you still yeah yeah you still get he, he still does stuff at this point, yeah, and yeah. It, it's it's shocking that that much time has gone by, uh, where the Britney Spears thing feels appropriate at that point. Like it feels like we only got five years of Britney Spears, but it felt yeah, like it was and very I mean, important. And I mean, think of, she's she's basically in her like, and I she's in her like latter years Elvis phase right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a destructive manner, but I don't know what's going on with her. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, where she's doing like a residency in Las Vegas and shit like that. She's thirty seven. It's not like she's you know <laughs> yeah. Put out the pasture or anything, you know? Is she only thirty-seven? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it's it's strange. I I think that my my general takeaway from that song is really just that it was like a the the cultural like zeitgeist surrounding this song was the mm. only thing that I remember more than the song or the video or anything. I, th- I think the video is fine, but what the the video unintentionally does is kind of like highlights how strange of uh, an era. Like, do we have young pop stars like this anymore? Like, are the young female pop stars that pop up this nowadays just am I not appreciating how young they are when they appear? Um, I don't know. I am uh, too out of touch to tell you any of the ones who would count. In Let's this see how, how old is Ariana Grande. She is. Where is this? She was born in 1993. That's 10. She's older. But she also came up through the Disney system. She was uh, she was on some Disney show, I think, for a while before she became a pop star. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm a little bit off. Yeah. I just I I, I guess it's just the, it's interesting to me like the the cultural difference between 
uh, when Britney Spears came out, and now you've got like Nicki Minaj songs where she's just like talking about dick basically for <laughs> for three minutes, and like no one really cares, and no one bats an eye. But here, well, this. He- th- Go ahead. Do you remember there was a song that came out, uh, uh, an Enrique Iglesias song that came out a few years ago, ago that on the radio was n- known as Tonight I'm Loving You, but the ac- <laughs> the actual lyrics of the song are Tonight I'm Fucking You, and it's just like any pretense of metaphor and, you know, illusion, gone. It's just, yeah. it's, the, it's the 21st century, we're being very frank with each other. <laughs> my, one of my favorite tweets was, um, uh... It was in quotations. I'm gonna keep on fucking you, and it's written by Rated Ario Speedwagon, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a good, good, good. Yeah, tweet. I mean, you know, it is. It is interesting when you have songs like this where it's, it's you. There is definitely a subtext to it that you kind of have to. It, it, it's kind of the. Uh, it, it ends up being the the attractive thing about pop music and rock music is when you've got this thing where it's like it's a it's it's very much a winky sort of reference that you know makes it feel a little bit forbidden you know i guess mm, yeah like like i was saying genie in a bottle the video of genie in a bottle is fairly innocuous but if you're actually listening to those lyrics they try and like hedge their bets a little bit and make it be like oh no we're not talking about you know sex or anything or right. orgasms yeah but they are you know I would say, and I, you know, I was just looking at the lyrics to this. I actually think, uh, to uh, Baby One More Time, I actually think there's a better case to be made about it sounding like it's a song about domestic abuse than it does about sex. Because it, it kind of, it sounds, it sounds, the lyrics are basically her talking about being willing to do anything uh, to keep her boyfriend from leaving and then yeah. imploring her to, to, imploring him to hit her one more time it's like oh so are they in an abusive relationship and he's smacking her around and then he's <laughs> right. you know she's so it so i can see that uh i i feel like you could probably go either way with it i would say let's put it this way let's put it this way i think another artist doing this song in a different style might have it play more darkly but i think to kind of lead into the final uh uh comment on it i think it's the video that does the most um, positioning of it, you know. Yes, uh, I would say that to to get into our final comment, I, I would say this is one where the video is is a hundred percent crucial to the song. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think that the I, and I what, I think it does it in a way that like I'd agree that it's crucial, but it actually kind of makes me uncomfortable in a certain <laughs> way. Like it's the I can't imagine being someone like Max Martin, and they're like, "Here's your." Like sixteen-year-old Disney princess, yeah. Like mm-hmm. write a sexual song for her, and she's gonna dance around. But and not you're like, oh, too sexual. What's that? But not too sexual. Not too we sexual. Gotta... Don't don't say any dirty words. Just imply yeah. that you know she'll she'll uh, do any she'll give up anything just to have this guy stick around. I think it's it's just a like the you know the the boy band thing is different about this because there was that guy who made all the boy bands, but he was like he's basically a pedophile. Like he was just some guy yes, who was yeah. like really into hanging out with young boys and like would yeah. have them stay at his house and everything like that. And this kind of feels like it doesn't get the same level of like kind of creepiness about it. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's just like a gender prejudice where we're un, like we weren't willing to look at things the same way. But it what an exploitative time. For the music industry and what they yeah. were doing, and I think I oh, just yeah. I never really appreciated that until watching this song as an older adult. I also think too, uh, I think she just looks older. She doesn't 
you know, and I think that is unfortunately something that they use to their advantage. She doesn't really look like a 16 year old. She looks like she could be in her 20s. Oh, see, I disagree. I think she looks young. I think Jessica Simpson looks old. Like Jessica Simpson looks like she's a mid 20s person, but she's younger than that. And I think I think Britney Spears with this sort of like she's, you know, she's she's not the svelte model that Jessica Simpson is. Like she looks like a kid's. She has like a kid's body to her. And I guess. I guess it feels like to me, it feels like Hollywood high school. You know, it fe- to me, she feels like she could be a little bit older, but she's playing younger. Mm. Whereas Jessica Simpson, it's like, all right, yeah, she's she's not she's not 16. Right. Okay. Um, even if she was, maybe she was. I don't remember. Um, and I think I think they use that to their advantage, weirdly, to exploit that element of it. Like uh, uh, Meredith was telling me she remembered being in school at this time so it would be like ninth grade so like 15 or 16 year old kids or whatever were uh um she there was a boy in her class who was like always uh going on about the countdown clock to when britney turned 18 and she (laughs) she was like why do you care you're 16 (laughs) why why are you acting like a weird creepy 30 year old man (laughs) I assume that meant that the uh, the media thought she was going to pose topless or something at that point. I don't was, know, but I, okay. I remember that being a thing, too. Like, I, Do you remember when like the, the creepy thing that people would talk about was when the Olsen twins were going to turn 18? Yeah. Yep. That, ugh, that really creeped me out. Yeah, that's, and um, it's just like, it's this weird fetishization of, of young but not too young, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, now it's okay for me to be creepy over her. It's really weird. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. And so, yeah, to wrap up, I would agree with you. The video is pretty uh, important to this song. I think it like it. It sort of brings everything into focus for me about what I think about it. So it's kind of interesting mm-hmm. there. I don't even think it's a great technical production or anything. I don't think it's a uh, very interesting video to watch. But I think just seeing no. her and seeing everything that was of the era and like seeing how she looked and how old she was and everything really sort of clarifies everything for me. Yeah. It's got some of that, uh, high contrast shit that all the videos were doing at the time. It's not as garish to look at as the all-star video. Um, but, uh, it's got that weird, those weird nineties clothing choices where it's like, I'm going to wear track pants and a crop top and it's going to be like (laughs) the cool thing to do. Um, and my hair is going to look like a, teenage girl version of the guy from uh, prodigy yeah yeah it's uh it's it's an odd it's an it was an odd time it was okay. a very odd time yeah yeah no i i will continue that so our next one is going to be 1999's uh smooth which is carlos Hell santana yeah. featuring I, if it Thomas. was up to me if it was up to me this series would have been us covering smooth four times <laughs> <laughs> i have a good oral history that i'll link to from rolling stone about it or you guys can look it up ahead of time because because 1999 was the year that everybody remembered that Latin music existed. Yep. We could we have had... done 1999. We could have done four videos just of big songs that had a Latin <laughs> influence. I'll tell you, I'm not going to do either of these for my last one. But I was really, really uh, close to doing A, Live in La Vida Loca, which I think would have been a good one. But B, also Mambo Number no. 5. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about it. I remember Ricky Martin, obviously, but I forgot about Mambo Number no. 5. That makes sense. Well, we'll talk about Smooth next time anyway. So, guys, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. You can check out the video. As always, YouTube, uh, this version on YouTube shows the video. The MP3 version plays the song in the background. So you can see which one you prefer. Check them out on the MP3s by subscribing as a podcast on all your podcatchers. Or subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to see the video instead. 
And we'll be back in uh, next week with Smooth, which is Carlos Fan- Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Until then, see ya. <laughs>